Good morning and welcome to Whittingshaw Community Church. I want to thank you for joining our celebration service this morning. Now before we go into the word, I would like us to start with a word of prayer. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to honor you. We want to praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we want to thank you for this day. Father, we want to thank you for your word. As we have gathered here together to hear what you have to say this morning, Father, I want to pray that you open our minds, that you open our hearts to hear what you have to say this morning. Father, use me as your instrument this morning. Father, have your way in our service. We dedicate it to you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And all God people say, Amen and Amen. I am honestly so, so excited about the word this morning. And the title of my message this morning is Count Your Blessings. That's right, Count Your Blessings. Now, when we think about uh, what it means to be blessed, we often think of all the good things that has happened to us, right? All the good things. When I say count your blessing, automatically your mind takes you back to the times that you received. For example, your promotion, right? Do you remember the time that you received your promotion? Maybe it's the time when you, your, your child was born. And you remember the first time you literally held your child in your hands for very first time. Honestly, I remember it like it was yesterday when the nurses gave me my son or my, my, my daughter and I held my child for the very first time and I remember the, 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 the joy and the, the excitement that I had as I held my child in my arms. You see, blessings and good times literally go hand in hand and it's really easy to celebrate and have a grateful attitude when things are going well. But this morning, what, what about when we go through really, really difficult times? When we go through um, a, a redundancy or when we lose our job? Uh, when you go through a divorce? Uh, when you lose a loved one? Where, where are the blessings when we go through things we don't really understand? Right? When, when things just don't really make sense, where, where is the blessings in those times? I mean, we have been in this pandemic for over a year. Is it possible to gain blessing in these times of darkness that we cannot gain in the light? You see, all of us at some point will go through a dark place. It's part of life. It could be a sickness. It could be a divorce, it could be a loss, it could be a, a child who breaks your heart. You see, we live in a broken world and in the darkness, it's really easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to give up, to give up on our dreams or even to think that literally this is the end. But I want to tell you that God also can use those dark places. Yes, that they are still part of His divine plan. I want you to think of a seed. You see, as long as a seed remains in the light, it will never grow. The seed will never become what it was created to be. You see, the seed has to be planted in the soil. It is only when it is in that dark place, when it is in that dark environment, that the potential of the inside of the seed will come into life. You see, I want to tell you this morning 
that there are seeds of greatness in you. That there are dreams, there are goals, that there are talents, potentials that only will come to life in that dark place. When we look at all the heroes in the Bible, every person who did something great went through a season of darkness. For example, Moses made a mistake and killed an Egyptian man. You see, as a result, he had to literally run away for his life. Did you know that he spent 40 lonely years in the desert? But you see, it was in a dark place. Something great was being shaped in his life. You see, he was being prepared for the calling that God had for his life. He was developing patience. He was developing humility. He was developing strength and even trust. You see, without going through that season of darkness, Moses would have never held up his rod and parted the Red Sea. He would have never led the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land. You see, the dark place was like a stepping stone into the fullness of his destiny. And I want to tell you this morning, this also applies to us as well. When we think of the life of Esther, she was an orphan. She had lost both of her parents. She was a foreigner in a foreign country. She was in a dark place. She felt alone and literally abandoned. But you know what? God still used her to help and save the people of Israel. Think about the life of Joseph. I mean, Joseph went through so much. He was betrayed by his own brothers. He ended up in slavery. The minute he saw a bit of light, he found himself in prison for a crime that he literally never committed. He found himself in that dark place again. But you know what? You see, in the darkness, Joseph was growing. How, how, how did the story end? He ended up ruling a whole nation. How about Elijah? After great victory, one of the highest points of his life, he went into a season of darkness, a season of depression. It was so bad that he wanted to literally die. And you know what? And yet Elijah is one of the heroes of our faith this morning. Let's look at another example. When we look at the life of David, he had an affair with a married woman. If that wasn't bad enough, he planned and had her husband killed in a battle. Then a season of darkness followed. But when David turned his heart back to God, he was forgiven. He was restored. And now he's remembered as a man after God's heart. And I want to tell you this morning, you may not see it, but it's in those dark seasons that you really grow. That is where our character is literally being developed, where you learn to trust God, where you're working out your spiritual muscle. You see, it is in that time of darkness where you pray more, where you draw closer to God, where you literally take time to be quiet and literally listen to what God is saying. It is in those dark seasons where you reevaluate your priorities, where you slow down from the busyness of life, where you take time for your family, where you get a new appreciation for what God has given you. That's right, for what God has given you. I read a story about a man who was feeling down and discouraged. You see, he was in a season of darkness. And after some time, he decided to visit his pastor. And he told his pastor, Pastor, my life is a mess. I don't understand what is happening to me. Everything is going wrong. Everything is a mess. 
I don't have anything good happening in my life. The pastor took out a paper and he, he literally drew a line right in the middle of the paper. And he said to him, I know that you're frustrated. I totally understand it. And I know that you're going through a very difficult season in your life. But what I want us to do this morning, we want to take a moment and we want to do an inventory over your life. Okay, on the right hand side, we will write down all the good things that are happening in your life. And on the left side, we, we can write down all the challenges and all the problems that you're facing in your life. Okay, any discouragement, any disappointment, everything that's going wrong, we put it on the left. But on the right, we want to focus on all the good things. And immediately, the man literally dropped his head and he said, well, I don't have anything good happening in my life. So I know there won't be anything uh, we can write down on the right hand side of the paper. The pastor nodded his head with complete understanding. I totally get it. But let's try it anyway. So the pastor said, I'm really sorry to hear that your wife passed away. The man looked up with a surprise and confusion. What? My, my wife didn't pass away. <laughs> she, she's alive and she's healthy. The pastor then smiled and said, oh really? Your wife is alive and healthy. Then he wrote down on the right hand side, wife, alive and healthy. Then he said, I'm really sorry to hear that your house burned down. The man shook his head again, all confused and said, oh, what are you saying? I, I don't even understand what he's saying. My, my house didn't burn down. The pastor smiled again. Oh, my mistake. Then he wrote down on the right hand side of the paper, living in a house. You see, after a couple of more questions and answers, the man recognized what was going on. And by the time they finished their session, the man had a long list of blessings on the right hand side of the page. You see, after the meeting, he gained a new perspective and left the office with a different attitude. When you're going through a dark season, you don't want to complain about life's little inconveniences. What we choose to focus on can make all the difference in our life. If you're taking notes this morning, the first point is count your blessings. You see, this man received a new perspective by changing his focus. And this morning, I want to remind you to count your blessings. Count them one by one. And then, what you want to do is thank your Heavenly Father. Thank Him for the many blessings in your life. Thank Him for the unfailing love. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And then remind yourself daily, in good times and in bad. When there was no pandemic, even during the pandemic, Jesus is still the same. Remind yourself of his faithfulness, of his love. Just as David had to remind himself in Psalm 103 verses 1 and 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. And I want to tell you this morning, never forget his faithfulness. Change your perspective. I don't know if you have ever heard this classic question. Is the glass half full or half empty? 
You see, the amount of water in the glass is the same no matter how you answer it. It's just how you choose to see the amount of water in the glass that changes your perspective. So I want to ask you this morning, how are you viewing your life today? Does it feel half empty or half full? How did you get up this morning? Did you get up this morning ready to embrace your day or did you just wake up tired and frustrated with life? I don't know if you remember, but last time I shared a message, I shared a message that you are exceptional. And to be exceptional means you have to be intentional with your attitude. You need to know who you are. Remember, you are a child of God. You are chosen. And you see how we see ourselves as a tremendous impact on our attitude. If you don't see, uh, if you don't value ourselves, then it's hard to see anything positive in the world. Dwayne Dyer said this, examine the labels you apply to yourself. Every label is a boundary or a limit you will not let yourself cross. And I want to ask you this morning, what labels are you carrying? What boundaries and limits are you setting yourself? Remember who you are. Be grateful for what you have. And always look for God's goodness and set your eyes always on His promises. And when you do that, your thoughts will shift from defeat to victory. You see, the Bible in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 23 says this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercy begins afresh each morning. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, point number two, your attitude determines your altitude. Have you ever heard that saying, your attitude determines your altitude? Now, when I think of this saying, it kind of reminds me of the story of Joshua and Caleb. You see, their story gives us a, a powerful example of how we can ignite our faith with the right thoughts and right attitudes. You see, when the Israelites had recently left Egypt under the leadership of Moses, God delivered them from the bondage in Egypt with a promise. The promise of restoring Israel to the land of Canaan, which is also known as the promised land. Let me just read it from Exodus chapter 3 verse 17. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to the land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. So God promised to restore Israel to the promised land, which flowed with milk and honey, which flowed with richness and provision. And as you can see, God gave them a very detailed location of where it would be. So as they started to travel to this new land, Moses sent 12 spies ahead of them. Now, this included Joshua and Caleb. Just remember those two names, Joshua and Caleb. And they literally went on this spy mission, right? Now, Moses gave them a, a, a clear instruction to find as much information as they could. But also he told them to make sure you bring the fruit of the land so everyone can see. Remember, God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. So Moses wanted to see what the fruit of the land was like. 
So the 12 spies went ahead and stayed in Canaan for 40 days. And when they returned to the camp, they literally brought a huge collection of grapes and amazing pomegranate and figs. And everyone was literally amazed. Everyone could see how this land was rich in food. And the land definitely flowed with abundance, flowing with milk and honey, just as God had promised. You know what, though? That celebration didn't last for very long. You know, 10 of the 12 spies started to talk about the problems that they saw. They started spreading the bad report throughout the whole camp. They started literally spreading fear throughout the camp. Let us just read the report from Numbers chapter 13, verses 27 to 28. This was the report to Moses. We enter the land you send us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Then in verse 30 we read. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other man who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored would devour everyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. You see, God had promised to restore Israel to the promised land. He had given them a detailed location and even a sign of the land. That was a promise from God. And you see, 10 out of the 12 spies chose to focus on the surroundings. The people seemed like giants to them. And they started to look at the size of the walls. And what was their attitude? They are bigger than we are. We look like grasshoppers in comparisons to them. But you see, Joshua and Caleb, after hearing all these negative reports, spoke up and they said in Numbers 14 verses 7 to 9, they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land and flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. You see, Joshua and Caleb chose not to focus on the size of the people, but instead they chose to focus on the size of their God. They knew that God was with them. They could see God's hand over their life, how God was protecting them, how God was enabling them. Even the fact that God protected them during that 40 days while they were spying. You see, they had done an inventory on their life. 
They remembered how God had parted the Red Sea as they were leaving Egypt and drowned their enemies. They believed that if God had promised them the land, He would bring them into the land and give them victory. And I really believe this is a scripture for someone this morning. And God is saying to you, do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. I don't know what you are facing. Whatever it is, I want to tell you this morning that the Lord is with us. Are you worried about coronavirus? Don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. Are you worried about all the data that you see on the news? Don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. Don't listen to all the bad report. The Lord is with us. Remember, how do you see the glass of water? Do you see it half empty or half full? You see, the 10 spies chose to see the glass as half empty. But I want to tell you that Joshua and Caleb chose to see the glass as half full. If you're taking notes, my final point this morning is this. Point number three, a negative attitude can have a damaging consequences. That's right. A negative attitude can have a damaging consequences. You see, the report of the 10 spies spread throughout the camp. The Bible says that the Israelites wept the whole night through. Let me just read it from Numbers chapter 14 verses 1 to 2. Then the whole community began weeping out loud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Wow, can you just imagine that? They cried all night long complaining, wishing that they had died in Egypt. You would have thought that they would have remembered all those great miracles that they've seen God perform all throughout their uh, journey. But they didn't. They took on an attitude of a negative report, thinking that God had literally left them on the edge of the promised land. You see, they, they began to complain, denying literally God's power in their lives. And I want to tell you this morning, never do that. You see, there are consequences to a negative attitude. There are consequences to not trusting God's promises. You see, because of their negative attitude, they ended up literally wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And no one over the age of 20 entered the promised land with the exceptions of two. You know who they were? Joshua and Caleb, you see, their faith was never shaken. They held on to the promises of God. And as a result, they made it to the promised land. Let me just read it from Numbers chapter 14, verses 21 to 24. But as surely as I live, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will enter the land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I perform, both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never ever see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. 
Can you see it in verse 24? But my servant has a different attitude than the others have. They chose to believe and obey, not according to what they saw, but what according to God said. You see, while the rest of the adults died in the wilderness, Joshua and Caleb literally thrived because they had a different attitude. They had a spirit of faith. And even after 40 years in the wilderness, they were strong enough to literally lead the next generation into the land that God had promised. You see, when you have the right attitude, you can look at your situation and no matter how challenging it looks, when you choose to set your eyes on God's promises, you can make it through. I want to promise you that. You can make it through. When you choose to see through the eyes of faith and not through the eyes of fear, you will come out of that dark place. You will come out of that season of darkness even stronger than you were ever before. You see, just as a seed will never become what was created to be until it's literally planted in the soil, until it's in that dark place. You see, I want to tell you this morning, there are seeds of greatness in you. There are dreams and goals and talents and potential and God's promises over your life that will only come into life in that dark place. The Bible says, at the age of 85, Caleb said in Joshua 14 verses 10 to 12, now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well. And as He promised for all those 45 years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. Can you imagine? At the age of 85, Caleb felt better and stronger than ever before. He was ready to take on the land and to destroy those giants. What about you? Are you ready for the battle? Are you ready to take on the giants in your life? I want to tell you this morning, hold on to God's promises. I want to tell you, count your blessings one by one and daily remind yourself of those blessings. You see, the Lord Almighty is with you. And if He's with you, who could be against you? You know, in a season of darkness, just remind yourself of a seed. And, and just remind yourself, just like Moses and Esther and Joseph and Elijah and all the other heroes of faith, where they had to go through a season of darkness, I want to tell you this morning, you may not see it, you may not like it, but it's in those dark seasons where you really grow. That's where your character is being developed, where you learn to trust God, where you are working out literally your spiritual muscles. You see, it is in those times of darkness where you pray more, where you draw closer to God, where you take a time to be quiet and literally listen to what God is saying. And it's in those dark seasons where you slow down from the busyness of life, where you take time for family, where you do an inventory, when you get a new perspective and appreciation for what God has given you. That's right, for what God has given you. You see, your attitude and your mindset can either keep you away from the promised land or help you enter the promised land. Let us just pray before we end our service. Father, we want to thank you. 
that you are a God of the impossible. Nothing is too big for you. Father, I thank you that you are a miracle working God. I want to pray for that person watching this service right now. Whatever they're facing right now, I want to pray for an increased faith right now in you. Help them right now to count their blessing, to remember all those wonderful miracles, to hold on to your promises. Father, we want to repent for allowing discouragement, for allowing doubt or even fear to creep into our hearts. Right now, with the authority that you have given us, we want to bind those spirits now in the name of Jesus. Please forgive us. Give us the strength to build our faith to receive from you. We choose to believe you, Father. Help us, Father, to keep your commands and keep away from complaining. Help us to develop a Caleb and Joshua spirit. One that always speaks good report and says, stays in faith no matter what, no matter what comes along. We want to stay in faith in you, Father. We want to thank you for all the promises that you have given us. We want to thank you for the dreams that you have put into, into our hearts right now. We, want to, we, want to, we know that you want us to achieve them. So we want to thank you in advance. We want to thank you that you want us to possess the promised land that you have for us. So we lift our hands in, in praise and we honor you. We praise you. And all God people said, Amen and Amen. And as we are praying this morning, you see, as Caleb and Joshua led the next generation into the promised land, Joshua literally empowered them to understand the importance of a good attitude. But also Joshua wanted them to know this fact. In Joshua 24, 15, he said to the people, choose you this day whom you will serve. You see, he wanted them to know the fact that the choice was theirs. They didn't have to follow the crowd or the latest fashion. They could choose what they wanted to focus on in life. As he encouraged them with this wisdom, he added this. As for me, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You see, when you choose to serve the Lord, you quiet the discouraging voices that try to come against you. You quiet those voices, but then you look with the eyes of faith and not fear. You see, you have a choice this morning. Yes, you have a choice. You can believe in Him or reject Him, but the choice is yours. He's a loving Father who would never force you. He has given you a freedom to choose. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you're watching this service and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. You see, God loves you. He offers a wonderful plan for your life. You see, when God created everything, the Bible says it was perfect. But then sin came through Adam and Eve. And as a result, there's this separation that came between God and humanity. You see, that was never God's intention. That's why God sent Jesus to die in our place. And He rose from the dead to bring restoration to what was lost because of sin. Listen, Jesus is the only way to God. And the Bible says salvation is a choice. You can accept Him or reject Him. But the choice is yours. But those who accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, God will give them the right to become children of God. And when you accept Him, you will experience a new birth. And this morning, I want to give you a personal invitation. If that is you, and you want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and your Savior, you can do that right now. By faith to just simple prayer. Just pray this prayer right after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. 
thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me a new life. Fill me with your spirit. Take control over my life. It is yours. Change me. Transform me. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. If you pray this prayer for the first time, or you're rededicating your life back to Him, if you're watching this service online, then please contact us by clicking the link in the comment section. This will take you to our website. Please fill in your details so that we can contact you and help you with your next step. If you're watching this service from church and you pray this prayer for the first time, just raise your hand and one of our leaders will come and help you with your next step. I want to leave you with one more last scripture. I really believe this scripture is for someone this morning. It's from Numbers chapter 14 verse 9 and it says this, Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. So whatever you are facing this morning, know this truth. Count your blessings and know that the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. God bless you.